You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Last week we talked about, well, let's just read what we talked about. John 14, verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. We are told by Jesus himself of greater things to be worked in and through us. Greater things. And second Corinthians says, Verse, or chapter 3, verse 18. And we are all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Church, we are made for greater things, but it, is, it has been our practice to desire or, or to believe that we're made for greater things. We can read that scripture in John 14 and there's not a Christian in America. I Maybe there is, uh, but I don't think there's a Christian in America that would read that verse that came out of Jesus' mouth and be like, yeah, I, I believe that. They would say it. Yeah, sure, I believe it. But you cannot just believe that verse because there's an action required of us that comes from that verse. We have to desire greater things, do we not? We can't just simply be like, yeah, I believe that we're made for greater things and then end the conversation right there. We have to desire the greater things to be released. We cannot just simply believe. We have to desire them. We have to desire the greater things. And we have to allow ourselves to dream. We have to allow ourselves to experience the freedom that he has set us free for. For freedom, he has set us free. And this is kingdom freedom. And this freedom is not stationary. It is not stagnant. It is moving. For it is of the spirit of God. Amen. And he is always working. He is always moving. And we have been invited into relationship with him that we could remain in him, consumed by him. And from that place of abiding, remaining in, from that place we can speak and watch things happen. We can dream with the Father, dream greater and magnificent and impossible things that the world has never seen. We can dream those with the Lord and then we can speak them into existence. That's the covenant that we've been invited into. The covenant that he made with himself on our behalf and we've been invited into it. But we have to desire greater things. I desire, it's so easy to desire greater things for my kids. Right? Isn't that an easy thing for, as a parent? I don't desire that my kids would walk through the things that I walked through. I have no desire of that. I saw that, Yon Jay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not boring you yet, am I? I'll talk louder. I'll start yelling. But I, I don't want the struggles that, my, that I've walked through. I don't want those for my boys. That's not the purpose, right? It's greater things, ever increasing, ever elevating. Amen? Amen. That they would not live through the things that I've lived through. And I remember, this is, this is a beautiful thing. I remember when that man that just baptized his son, I remember when he was baptized as an adult in Lake Victoria in Kenya. I witnessed this man get baptized. I witnessed the Lord bury his feet in the sand and would not allow him to leave until he said yes to baptism. It was wild. 
I mean, his eyes rolled in the back of his head, and there, how many of us were there just trying to keep him from sinking into the earth? I'm not kidding you. It was like he was standing in quicksand, but we were all next to him, and we weren't sinking, just him. And there's literally, there's, I'll never forget, there's a young African man in this village that was, had Zach draped over him, and he was just like squatting Zach, just trying to keep him from sinking. And the, Zach comes back, he's like, I need to be baptized. Like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever you say. I don't want to mess with what that was. I don't want to get buried in the sands here in Africa. But that young man that he just baptized, his son, wasn't baptized when he was in his late 20s. He was baptized as a child now. That's the purpose. And those are the greater things that the Lord has in store for us. Amen? Ever-increasing glory. And we have witnessed this morning an ever-increasing glory. Amen? It's exciting, church. We have to desire these greater things and then we have to ask for their release. We have to partner with heaven. We must pursue him, dream with him, and then ask for those dreams to become reality. Church, it is time for us to desire the impossible, to desire the deeper things of God. And I've really, I've been caught up by that, by that phrase, deeper things, the deeper things of wading deeper into the heart of God. This is, this is terminology. These are things that we've spoken in this church, in this house, um, that I've heard in different churches to, to wade deeper into the heart of God, uh, places where no one has yet wandered yet in, into. And, and in this, the Lord has revealed one of the purposes of praise. And that's really what I want to talk to you about this morning, is what, we just, what we're just leaving, is that time of praise and the importance of it in this season. It's, it is, it, there's a refocusing and a relearning and a re-understanding of what it is in the house of the Lord and in the, in the Lord's people. Amen? Many of you know, uh, and I announced it earlier, that on Wednesday nights we've been on this series of prayer and worship. We started it in August, and I had full intention of us be done, being done with it by October, November. Uh, and we're not. We're not even close to being done with it. We're, we're in March now, and we're still going strong. And it's just profound. The Lord is teaching us about prayer and worship. These are things that we as the church think we've got a pretty good grasp on. And what I found out is that we have a very poor grasp on them. We don't really understand them. And it's been an exciting, revitalizing, powerful, powerfully revealing time. Uh, and since January, we've been discussing, we, we exited our discussion on prayer and we we moved into worship and not just simply praise, but worship as it is laid out in scripture. And worship is simply the abandonment of self in pursuit of him and living obedient to God. It, it is my life given to him. That is, that is worship unto the Lord. And it, it, the best definition of worship is given by Jesus when he's in the garden before he take, he's taken to the cross. Not my will, but your will be done. You want to know what worship is to look like in your life? That's it right there. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. That is worship unto the Lord. And now, in the last few weeks, we've been examining praise because praise is found within worship. A life of worship will always have praise within it. And recognizing, this, this has been powerf powerful for me. It's, it's something that's always been there. That's revelation. It's something that's always been there that the Lord just uncovered. I knew something was there. I just didn't know what was under the blanket. And the Lord uncovered it. And praise... Uh, this is one of those things is praise is a navigational tool through the heart of God. 
Praise is meant to be a navigating tool through the heart of the Father and through the Spirit. I mean, and just stop and think about how many worship songs there are. Stop and think about the book of Psalms and how the Lord was leading. David wrote so many of them. We're going to get that in a second. But through circumstances and situations, what was his response? It was praise unto the Lord. Pursuing the Lord, seeking out the Father. Praise is a navigational tool. When we praise, we position ourselves to be led deeper into the heart of God and we place ourselves in a position for revelation, for blessing, and for fresh outpouring. So, very clearly, church, praise is so important. And we need to recognize the importance of it in this season from here on out. The Lord is drawing our attention to foundational things of great importance that we have misunderstood and neglected for a long time. His people have misunderstood and neglected these things for a long time and praise is one of those things in society. And now I grew up in church. I started playing drums in a worship band in the fifth grade. And I've been doing it ever since. I'm 32 now. Fifth grade was still tough. We just moved past it. I couldn't quite get past that, but I I got older. I'm just 32 years into praise and worship, right? Um, And one of the things that I've learned through this, that I've experienced through this, is that there are two forms of praise in our society generally. And one is a spectacle of praise. And I've been a part of that. Man, oh man, have I been a part of that where our focus was not leading the people to encounter Jesus. Our focus was, was we need to do more shows so that we can buy nicer equipment because when we have nicer equipment, then people will encounter God easier. Right? And I, I, was, I was a part of that, that life. I was a part of that society. I came into this church. I remember the first time I was here, Jay was in Africa when I was visiting for the first time and our worship was to a CD track. I was like, cool, whatever. But the thing that really got me was that the lights stayed on. And I had never been in an auditorium of worship in the church where the lights stayed on during worship. I thought, how are these people supposed to worship with the lights on? Everyone knows you can't encounter the Lord in the light. You've got to do it in the dark. And I'm not kidding. It took me years to get comfortable with that. Because I was overcoming. It's funny. but I was overcoming this life of worship as a spectacle. I had only ever been a part of mega churches. Nothing wrong with churches of that size. I'm not dogging that, but I, I was only ever a part of that. So I was only ever part of these organizations that had finances to buy. Light yeah, light switches. That's all it is. Light switches and smoke machines. Um, just lots of them. Uh, <laughs> and then the other thing, the other aspect that I've encountered with worship. And this is the harder one to encounter. And this is the one that is actually more common than the spectacle. The spectacle has come with my generation, right? These millennials and their technology, that's us. But the other aspect of worship in our society that I've encountered that is not of the Lord is that that the time of praise is an obligation to get to the teaching. It's something I have to put up with so that I can hear the word preached to me. And that is the more dangerous of the two. I've told you this before, but I remember when I first, 
I, I encountered the Spirit of God in college and I received the Holy Spirit and I dedicated my life to the Lord and I came home to worship at my home church. And all I did was lift my hands in worship. And I was singing and I was just, I had my hands raised in a church of 6,000 people. And the pastor comes up to me afterwards and asked if I was okay. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, I'm great. It's like, well, something got a hold of you because your hands were raised and I was worried about you. Like, what? But it's because I was in a church with 6,000 people that worship was just something you had to tolerate so that you could get to the word. And that's dangerous, church. That's dangerous. Praise unto God is spoken about time and time again. There is a book of 150 chapters that is full of worship unto the Lord. Praise unto God. And a man that wrote a majority of it is anointed as a man after God's own heart. And he praised the Lord. So for us as a church for so long to have the, the, the global church to have ignored the importance of worship. And this is mainly a Western thing, right? You go anywhere, anywhere else. Worship is wild and it's fun and it's chaotic a little bit. But here in America, it's, it's one of those two things, unfortunately. But the Asbury Revival, just looking at that again, that started and uh, Debbie sent me a, a Facebook post this morning um, just highlighting all of the revival that is going on around the world. I just need you to know that, that it's not ceased because Asbury had to disband. The leadership in that has shown great wisdom because there was a city of 6,000 people that were overwhelmed with 50 plus thousand people and they just couldn't handle the, inf the infrastructure, couldn't handle it anymore. So in the wisdom and leadership, they knew that the Lord was doing what he was going to do and it didn't depend on them to continue. And they, dis they, they dismissed everybody. And it's, it, revival is breaking out across the world. It's breaking out in villages in Africa that have no access to what's happening in America. It's just the Spirit of God moving completely and totally and freely across the globe, okay? So just understand that that's what we are still in. It has not ceased. But one of the beautiful things about Asbury's Revival was the praise and worship was so profound because there was no worship leader. There was no equipment. There was no mood lighting. It was just people giving all of themselves to all of him. And that's all. You want to know what praise is. And this time when Jay starts playing and we start singing, all praise is meant to be. Is you giving all of yourself to all he is. Completely and totally. We are singing songs about him releasing the spirit of God. And releasing all of himself upon us. And how many of us want him to release all of himself, not part of himself? I want all of it, right? But how can we receive all of it if all I'm willing to offer is a piece of who I am? That cannot be our response. And we can't remember James. The doubting man is a man that only offers a piece of himself to the Lord. And that man should not expect to receive anything from God. The man who gives in part, what will he receive in part? And we, children of God, are not meant for part, but all.
Amen. Jesus did not come suffer on the cross that his blood would wash us white as snow, that we could be known no longer as slaves, but sons and daughters, co-heirs with Christ, and that we could be vessels for the presence of God, our bodies being his temple. He did not do all that to make that so that we would only give a piece of ourselves to him because I'm uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable in the thing the world says you need to be comfortable in. But it's time for the people of God to be comfortable in what the Lord has called us to be comfortable in. He is the God of comfort, is He not? If He's the God of comfort, then does it matter what your voice sounds like? Nope. It doesn't. Does it matter how good of a dancer you are? No, it doesn't. All that matters is that all that you are belongs to all of Him. Do you hear what I'm saying to you, church? I remember this. I shared this story, and I'm just going to, it's a long story. It's just going to be really quick in here, though. There was, a, there was a person in our church, Sarah will remember as I begin to talk about this, who sang every Sunday with everything he had in Nacogdoches. He, he gave all of himself to the Lord in that time, and it was beautiful. His voice was awful. It was terrible. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, she does. And it wasn't me, because I, I, I knew to be quiet, because my voice is terrible. But I remember, as, as the Spirit was, this, and when we were there, the Spirit of God was being introduced to this church. And there was a lot of change in leadership. And I remember as the Spirit started getting a hold of the people in the service, and people started singing, and then all of a sudden that guy's voice wasn't the one that you heard. You heard everyone's. And all of a sudden, his voice sounded really beautiful in harmony with the rest of us singing. You hear what I'm saying? But only did we see the full picture of what the Lord had intended. We only saw it when everyone gave themselves to the Lord. Not just one of them. But because of that one giving all of himself, it led others to give all of themselves. And all of a sudden, you heard this angelic choir. I used to, I had the opportunity a couple, uh, a couple, like, 15 years ago to go to pa the Passion Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. And we were in the, uh, the Falcon Stadium for this. And I remember the last night, the Lord just drew my attention to it. The last night, there were 70,000 people in there. And it had to be one of the most gorgeous things I've ever heard in my entire life. As 70,000 people praised God. And guess what I didn't hear? I didn't hear a single thing that sounded bad. I only heard a beautiful noise. And it wasn't because there were 70,000 people of talent. There were 70,000 people in there that were giving themselves unto God. Right? The singing part is just an example. That's just a, an easy example for us to remember. But the beautiful thing about praise is that it doesn't require anything but all of ourselves. Just people giving all of themselves to Him. Offering all that they are to all that he is in praise, and then revival breaks out. We have testimony of this. We've seen it. When a group of 30 gave all that they are to all that he is, revival broke out, and now it's breaking out across the world, church. Across the world. And we have children being baptized here. Amen? Come on. Let's go. Wake up. This is powerful stuff. People that have no access to what's happening here 
are breaking out in revival led by the Spirit because people are giving all of themselves to all that He is and they are engaging with Him in praise and in worship. We've talked about Carrie's vision a lot. I told Carrie we would. I can't escape it. But it's important for us to understand that that revelation came from a moment of her praising God. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's probably, that is, that is the most crucial aspect of that. It's the location, the time and place of when it came, how it came, because she was giving all of herself to all that he was. And we had understanding about what the Lord was about to do before he started doing it. We had understanding before we needed understanding. I can look at this global revival. I know exactly what's going on. People are giving themselves to God and the outpouring of the Spirit is taking place as he promised through that vision. As you praise, the ground will break open and he will rush in. And are we seeing that, church? Yes, that's exactly what we're seeing. Revival has broken out and it came. Our understanding of what is happening in the revival that is breaking out has come from moments of praise. Praise is important. And that is simply the word for today is that praise is important to simply see the importance of our praise to the Lord. It is a crucial part of our relationship with him. Again, look at the Psalms. It is a book of songs of praise, worship songs from all aspects of life and kinds of circumstances. David writing 73 out of the 150 of them through difficulties and victories. He pursued and praised the Lord. And in 1 Samuel 13, 14, we see that the Lord is seeking a man after his own heart. And who becomes that man? David. And he lives praising the Lord. He was wild. He praised fiercely. He was devoted to the Lord. And from his line, church, it's important to remember, from the line of David came the Messiah. The Savior of the world. Came from a man who is after the heart of God. That's important to hear, church. Big things come when the people of God give their hearts to Him. World-changing things like the Messiah that has saved us all. And this Messiah that came from, a man, from the line of a man who praised and worshipped the Lord has said there are greater things in store for us. But we cannot access them if we are living a life giving in part. In praise, I'm telling you right now, it's, I, I think you would all agree with this. Um, my wife can sing. I cannot. And so when I'm not playing drums and I'm singing, how many of you feel vulnerable when you're singing? I feel vulnerable. You guys aren't very loud and I'm up here in the front. So I really feel vulnerable. Uh, super awkward. But I have to press through and, and just give ourselves to the Lord completely and totally, not worrying about what we sound like, not worrying about what it looks like, but just giving everything that we are to all that He is. Psalm 150 says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and heart. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud crashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, church. This is its importance to the Lord. 
that at the end of this book, Psalm 150, the last chapter in this book, it would speak of praising the Lord with everything that we are and everything that we have. But praise is a response. It is a fruit of a relationship with him and a reflection. I feel vulnerable in these times when I'm up there, but I remember that this is not about what you guys think of me. It's about my relationship with the Lord and praise is a fruit of that relationship, is it not? If my relationship is deep and profound, do I care what you think about me? Eliza up here dancing, when did she care what you thought? Not once, but her relationship was deep and profound. And that's the relationship that we're meant to have, a deep and profound relationship where we give all of ourselves to all that he is. Praising with everything that we are. The days ahead, church, belong to those who will abandon themselves in pursuit of him. Who will praise him recklessly. And I just ha- I've been pondering this question and I've been asking myself of just when was the last time that I praised God in freedom? Not simply in the presence of freedom because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and where two or more are gathered, there the spirit is, right? So every Sunday when we gather, there's freedom in this house. Amen. And we know that there's freedom in this house. But how many of us are just recognizing the freedom and not participating with it? We are meant to be participants, not observers, church. That is not your job to observe. Your job is to participate in the worship unto the Lord completely and totally. So when was the last time you allowed yourself to become a participant in freedom? To praise him with nothing held back in complete and total freedom. And it doesn't mean, again, just clarifying, it doesn't mean that we're all running around like crazy people. Maybe that happens. Because it can be wild and reckless, and that's okay. But what it means, and it's simplicity, it means that I recognize that He is worthy of everything. Church, do you recognize that He is worthy of everything? Do you agree with me that He is worthy of everything? Does He have everything from you? I got one. That's a start. (laughs) And this 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 is a deep question that requires your reflection. We are entering a time, church, I have no desire for us to be those that give in part. I want this house to pioneer in discovering depths of the heart of God that no man has ever wandered into. On this earth, on this side of heaven. We'll get to see it there. When we're we're brought home to glory, we'll get to see it. But what, what Jesus did was give us access that we could acquire it now. Heaven could be released now. And we desire great things, profound things. We've said it time and time again. I say it. I don't know if you believe in it or desire it, but I do. I desire that this city would look more like the kingdom of heaven than it does anything else. That's a big dream, right? How can that big dream be realized if the one who dreams it is not willing to give all of himself to it? Is it good enough for me to just be like, that would be really cool, Lord. Let's just whenever, just do it, please. I'm not going to do anything. I just want you to do it. But that's how we've treated God. Right? Like, man, Lord, it would be really cool if you would do this. He's like, all right, let's partner with it and let's do it. And you're like, eh, maybe you just take care of it. I'll just drink my coffee and watch. 
We are co-laborers with Christ, not observers of his labor. Do you hear what I'm saying? It is time for us, church, to take our place and give ourselves completely to him, praising him with nothing held back. But in order to do that, your relationship with him must, in your life, in your relationship with him, there must not be anything withheld from him. Praise is a fruit of a relationship that you have with the Lord. The freedom and the ability to participate in the freedom in this time of praise will be a reflection of your participation with freedom throughout the week coming into this moment. It will be a reflection of how much of the Lord, how much you have given to the Lord Monday through Saturday. Right? I can't, we can't just turn it on when we come in the door on a Sunday morning. That's not what this is about. And this is not meant to be our only time where we praise throughout the week. This is not meant to be our only time where we listen to the Lord. This is not meant to be our only time where we seek the Lord. This is meant to be a reflection of the fruits of that happening throughout the week as the body comes together in celebration of what the Lord is doing and further equipping and further understanding of where we're going next. It is not meant to be the source of praise and encounter and relationship in your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? I've said it before and I'll say it again. I would close the doors and not have a job before we allowed this to be just a place where we come because it's convenient. So that I don't have to pursue the Lord any other time. I'll just, I'll just let somebody else pursue him for me, teach me about him a little bit on a Sunday and then I'll be done with him. That will not be the testimony of this house as it is the testimony of so many churches in this nation. It will not be here. The building will burn down before it happens. I'm pretty good at starting things on fire too, so don't test me. Do you hear what I'm saying though, church? We are meant to give all of ourselves to all that He is. It means that I recognize that He is worthy of everything and all that I have is His, including my response to Him. And the next thing, is that I remain open to all that he has for us and for me in the moments and in our time together. Anything that he has, I'm open to receiving all that it is. Not what's simply convenient, but every single thing that he has for us because it will not always be convenient. But I'm telling you right now, what I've found to be true is when the Lord is calling me into an inconvenient deal, circumstance, whatever, I often find the greatest blessing in the midst of that. You hear what I'm saying? When we get out of our own way, I have found to encounter the Lord in a deeper and more profound way in those places than when I'm trying to encounter Him and experience Him and worship Him my way and where it's convenient in my life. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? This is a season that we are entering into where the children of God are meant to praise with all that we have. And it is meant to be a reflection of our relationship that we have with Him. Give all of yourself to Him. What is the point of only giving part of yourself? You are not made for part of Him. You're made for all of Him. And you're made to give all of yourself to Him. All things are made for Him and through Him. All things and all of you, not part of you. And there's great 
and a profound and amazing blessing for those that are willing to give all of themselves to all that he is. I'm telling you right now, there is blessing in store for you if you will simply give everything you are to all that he is. Say yes and amen and move forward each and every day. Can we do that church in this house? Because that is what this city requires. And again, I'll ask this question over and over again. If not us, then who? If you desire to see this city and this community in West Texas transformed, tell me who else is going to do it? We're going to do it. Give all of yourself to him. You hear what I'm saying? And praise him with nothing held back. There is beauty to be encountered and discovered when we give all of ourselves to him and we do it together. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.